Yeah, this is Rafael Adiola from Indianapolis, Indiana, representing that West Side. I'm here listening to my boys, Dynasty Bros. Y'all need to check them out every day, all day, 24-7-365. Yep. Yo, 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 Brodies and Bays. Welcome. This is the Dynasty Bros Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 48. This is where you come for your fantasy football needs and to chop it up about the latest NFL news. I am the wonderful Dynasty Bro Dot here with my co-bro. Yeah, Dynasty Bro Vic. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Hope you're doing well, because we got some fire-ass guests on today, part of our fantasy football family. We got Mike, a.k.a. Dynasty Dad. They be on Twitter like... Hey, thanks, Dad. <laughs> hey, and we got Jared, and these are the two men from the Dynasty Refinery Podcast. Welcome, guys. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us on the show. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. There's Dynasty Dads often imitated but never duplicated. There's so many <laughs> Dynasty Dads all over the place, you know, and people keep sending me things. They're like, yo, there's a new Dynasty Dad. I'm like, oh, come on. There's a lot of dads out there. <laughs> what about you, Jared? Oh, man, I'm excited to get to talk with you guys again. It was a fun one last time on on our show, and I, we've been itching to get to uh, hang out and talk some fan or dynasty football with you guys. You guys are the best, man. I want to top say notch. This. I want to say you came on our podcast with this wonderful lighting, man. You, tell the good people how you got this impeccable lighting on your face, man, because we need to do better or something right now. Well, apparently it's called a ring light. And uh, I think Kim Kardashian would be jealous of this right now. <laughs> My fiance is in the corner looking at me like she th- she said when she came in, like with the mic, oh, I'm, I'm hitting my mic with the mic and the light and everything. She's like, it looks like you're seriously shooting a porno right now. <laughs> and I feel like I am. <laughs> do, you, do you have her holding the holding the actual light there and moving it back and forth yeah she's back there side. like panning it and everything like oh on yeah the right side and the left so you know do get that going there you go well you're picture perfect today man might i say myself uh, thank you my man hey i was gonna, I was gonna ask for the uh only fans link man <laughs> <laughs> we'll oh, po- post the link at the bottom when we're done here right, yes good. absolutely <laughs> All right, so today we will be talking some co-GM etiquette. And look, me and Vic probably couldn't talk this out by ourselves with all the struggles we've been doing with the Scott Fishbowl Leagues and all these other dynasty leagues that we are on together. So we had to reach out and get you guys on because you guys have a great podcast. Like you said, we were already on one time. Shout out to you guys for allowing us to be on there. And I know you guys are in some leagues doing the co-GM thing together probably done did it with other people too so we're here to give people some tips you know the proper way to really be a co-gm with somebody without taking somebody's head off so that's the main thing we got some good topics from what's the word from the hood tmz from dynasty pro vic but before we get to that man i hope you guys are ready we're gonna do some football resumes man um we like to do the real life football resume and the fantasy football resume so you guys want to decide who goes first? I, I'll let you decide who wants to go first. And then I'm going to give it to the man with the lighting. You know what I mean? He's He's got the light oh, on. Really? He, he feels like he's the guy to go first. Yeah, he's, he's like right. special today, man. I Every time I yep. look at the screen, like, that's what I see. Like, I don't care, like, what I'm trying to do. It's just it's you. <laughs> it's like I'm daytime television. You know what I mean? He's got a camera crew. He probably has a makeup crew. He's, he's looking pretty on that. I do. She's going to come buff me up, like, halfway through, make sure I'm still on point. <laughs> On fleek, whatever the kids are saying these days. On fleek, that was a, that was really a thing. 
was. That was a thing, yeah. For a little bit. So what are we talking about? What we're talking about how me and uh Mike stopped from uh killing each other while co-managing a dynasty team. Just resumes right now. We will get to that. Oh, okay. We're going to walk through these resumes first. So um, I'm going to ask you about your real life football resume so you can walk me through it. Tell me if you played any real life football, when it started and when it ended. I don't care if it was mm. five minutes in grade school and you stopped. I need to know any details. Just don't say I didn't play if you played. Be honest with us. I did play. I played football. I actually started when I was really young probably okay. about the age of eight and then i played till i was like 10 and then my parents were like we want you to try something else so i played hockey for a few years and then come i think it was ninth grade year i was like you know what forget this i was like i'm playing football again all my buddies are playing football so i started playing again in middle school and uh i played through my senior year i was a running back and actually i led the team in touches by I think I had over a hundred more touches than anyone else on the team that year, all purpose. I, I was a kickoff returner. I ended up having like, I don't know, maybe 20 receptions that year. And I had 180 rushes and it was like, I don't know, maybe like 1200 all purpose yards. My team was not very good, but I did have fun doing it. Um, I also played linebacker uh for defense which was kind of out of place for me because what happened was i played safety originally and our coach comes over and me and this other guy that i was friends with we played safety and when you did the d-back practices they were like easy man it was like dropping back and catching passes and shit and like you know recognizing offensive schemes and stuff but the linebacker practices, those were in the trenches, man. Like those guys used to like, they'd be practicing with the linemen and like, it was all kinds of hitting and shit. So like, you didn't want to be a linebacker if you were like on the smaller side and the coach comes over and a, a couple guys had gotten hurt at the position. And he's like, he's looking around and he's like, I need two linebackers. And he goes, my last name's Fox, by the way. He goes, Fox, Beamer, get over here, linebackers. And I couldn't have been any more sad about that <laughs> because I was like, I was like a buck. I don't know, probably like a buck 75 then. And man, I'll tell you what, it was, it was tough. Um, I ended up, I ended up enjoying being a linebacker, but uh, running back was definitely my thing. I wasn't fast enough to be a running back at the next level. I got some offers to play safety, but I ended up you know long I, I ended up having a kid long story short you know that cut my whole uh college ambitions short Aww. but i'm very grateful for my children so i mean th that was the best thing that could happen to me the beginning of your resume sounded so awesome man i was just i thought it was just going up i was like man what these are numbers numbers like <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I i'm from a small small high school so it was uh you don't have to be the greatest athlete. I wasn't. I wasn't bad. I was. I was all right. I was decent. But if I had gone to like, you know, a big school, it might have been a little different. <laughs> Doesn't matter. If, documented. If you're in any of the group chats with Jared, you already know that story. He likes that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I I pull up pictures, man. I'm gonna pull up a picture right now while you're talking to Mike. Okay. Well, no. Before we switch over to Mike. Yeah, one, done. the other second half of your oh we got a second half sorry i need you to let me know when you started playing fantasy football 
and how many leagues you're in in this moment currently mm. and how many championships you got man like throughout the years you can remember off the top all right so i think the amount of leagues i'm in right now is eight last year i think i was in 10 but i try to keep it short i'm in like a keeper league a redraft league and then probably six dynasty leagues and what was the other part of the question? How long I've done it? <laughs> How long you've been playing? Um, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, way. sorry. I, it took so much concentration to to think of that. Um, I think I've been doing it since I was like maybe a sophomore in high school, and I'm 28 now. So probably about 10 years I've been playing fantasy, and I had been like cursed, man. A couple years, like when I had done it early. I was killing it and I always lost early in the playoffs and it just pissed me off so much. And I was like, what is going on? Why do I keep having these one loss? I picked a team that had Randy Moss on his hot year, Adrian Peterson as a rookie and like all these dudes. And I still lost first round of the playoffs and it was so upsetting. So finally, like three years in, I think I was like 19 years old. I win my first ship and that's when I got into like fantasy and i'm like man i am legit you know i thought i was the shit and you know i ended up meeting mike and he got me into dynasty fantasy so he was kind of my mike ever since you met him oh that's right oh Oh, he's shaking his head now he's no hey we're starting beef this is this is what we're here for he's right up the street i'm coming mike (laughs) <laughs> we're normally on the same sofa so we had to separate a little bit for this episode no sure we we'd be like slapping each other shit right now good call man that's a good call it was i like this that. one's gonna get heated <laughs> so you got you got a pretty good resume on both sides of, of the football life real life and fantasy so love shout football out shout out to that all right mike you know you got to top that now. All right, right? let's go. So football resume. I never okay. actually played in high school, but I dominated the backyard. I dominated the schoolyard. Yo, you should see me out there. I, I'm the dynasty dad. I got four kids. I'm out there all-time quarterback, man. I light it up. You should you know see his dad. Yo, yeah, we played. So my son, uh, Matthew, he, he just turned. He'll be turning nine here. And he, every year he has like a request that he wants to do. And two years ago, we had the biggest Nerf gun battle ever. 900 nerf bullets jared and i were out in the middle of the park just shooting nerf bullets at each other you know capture the flag and last year he wanted all of us to play football so jared my dad like everybody we knew we played a huge flag football game you know what i mean and yeah Yeah. my dad broke jared's ankles there a little bit he's still recovering (laughs) oh he did oh and he's got this big white like beard like a wizard and i had a picture of it he's just like stiff arming me it was amazing it was like gandalf you know what i mean like he Put on a but no, man. so I didn't really play. I played, uh, I played baseball and basketball, Damn, and you know, got a scholarship to play Division two baseball. Um, so that was That's more my thing. You know, I focused more on on that. And Jared's a little bit shorter than I am. I'm six two, so I was more the basketball guy. He's the football guy. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I got that. This. That's this connection. I was more the basketball guy. Vic was the football guy. I was the football player that looked like a basketball player, but with Jack layups. Yep. So, Hell yeah. That was me. Hey, quick question. What uh, position in baseball did you play? Uh, well, in high school, I played shortstop and pitcher. Okay. And then when I went to college, like every shortstop and pitcher, you moved to the outfield. Okay. I dropped bombs, so they had to try to get me in the lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Our DJ was Yo. an amazing baseball player. Amazing baseball player. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. Senior year, baby. Oh man, okay. You look jacked up right there, man. 
keep hitting my mic. I'm getting too excited now. You, once you get me talking about high school football, like anyone in my life will tell you, like, don't even open that can of worms because I'll just keep, I'll start reminiscing like it was the only thing that's ever happened in my entire life. And that wasn't even the hand. I'm that guy. Hand to hit the mic. I mean, you're that excited. It's getting, that, it's getting out of control. Yeah, you know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mike, you got to let us know. All right. Fantasy. How many so, years you've been playing? Yeah. How many championships you got? And... This is a so I've been playing since 2001. I'm the old man in the group here, and wow. uh, I started started out in the work league, and that league now is 19 years old, and I've been in the ship 16 of those years. Okay. Um, and I was like, I'm pretty good at this against like the work guys. Let's start branching out here. You know, I started adding some more leagues, and then a friend of mine, um, the dynasty professor, he got me into my first dynasty league was all writers. You know, and everybody in there was That's already fine. in the industry. Tyler Gunther was in there, um, John Bosch. You know, there's some big timers in this league, and I come in the first year and I win it all. You know, and then I then I second year I won it again. I'm like, yo, this is this is where it's at. Like this Domination. is what I got to get into. You know, and right now I'm actually in. 15 leagues. I told myself I wouldn't do any startups this offseason. Last year was the best year I've ever had. You know, I was in 10 leagues. I clinched the number one seed in seven of them and got the 101 in the other three. You know what I mean? That's where you're either first or last. You know what I mean? You don't want to be like somewhere that. in the middle. So I like that. Was, that. that was really where Jared and I started talking Dynasty and really where the Dynasty refinery happened was, you know, I got him into it and we were in a couple leagues together and just, you know, from there, friendship obviously grew and obviously started you know building some leagues and we have our own dynasty refinery leagues now and a lot of industry leagues like the one we do with you guys well it's crazy because like me and mike's friendship is completely built off of fantasy football like that's how we like we met and then like bonded through that and everything like it's always been shaped around fantasy football mostly so, dynasty football can i tell him the intro story do it all right so here here's the story all right I am divorced right now, and my amazing girlfriend's sitting over here next to me. But at the time, Jared has—he has a son, and I have five, three sons—and they were at the park. So my ex-wife starts hitting on Jared a little bit. You know, starts talking with him. Apparently, she she bragged that I was good at fantasy football, which I, I don't know if that's something. And I'm like fantasy football, huh? So she invites him back to my house, and then they're like they're like talking. I come in. And Jared and I instantly just hit it off, start talking fantasy football. So it went from uh, maybe a point of seduction to, you know, Jared and I just coming together and literally talking football for hours, you know, and then it, like a friendship grew out of it. I mean, and our, our, our kids are friends and we talk fantasy football literally all the time. So we're like, let's start a podcast, you know, might as well start talking that's, about it a little bit more tight. and have some followers. So that's cool. I will say. It's, it's I'm the only sick. relationship ever to come out of adultery or <laughs> attempted attempted. Yeah, no, no, nothing happened. I'll say this. If I'm sitting on a park bench. A lady comes up to me like, hey, what you doing with that 101? <laughs> exactly. Yo, that would turn me on. Yo, she starts talking. She's like, you taking Jonathan Taylor or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Yeah. I'm like, I'm taking you home. <laughs> yeah, right. You believe in all this uh, Edwards Hilaire hype? Yeah, no, that would, that would be match made in heaven. That's where it's at. Already. That is funny. All right, man. I love both of you guys' resumes. I'm not going to lie. I don't believe the defense thing since Mike's dad broke your ankles. I'm just he saying. Did. But it he is did. what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's so, okay. So that's the resumes. So what we're going to do is get into what's the word. We have some news from Dynasty Bro Vic called at the Hood TMZ. So let's get into that. And he'll, he'll break the news and then we'll chime in. So that's how we do that. 
Yeah, yeah. And thanks for sharing those resumes. And I do want to put out there, our very first episode was football resume. So if you guys are interested, any listeners, go back and check that out. That's our very first episode. All right, let's get to what's the word. So I got a couple of players, man. I just want to talk through, get your guys' feedback on. So let's start with A.J. Green. Uh, he signed a one-year tender with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals for $17.9 million. Um, so do you guys think this is his last season in Cincinnati? Or do you think he has, he's going to ball out and they're going to keep him? I think A.J. Green is like a, a nice, if you're a contender in Dynasty right now, I mean, the guy, let's let's go to his last healthy season, obviously 2017, over 1,000 yards, over 70 catches, eight touchdowns. I mean, when the guy's on the football field, he gets it done. You know, I feel like last year was like, he had that high ankle sprain and sat out all 16 games. I mean, yeah. we all know what was going on. A.J. Green was not trying to play for a team that was was playing that way but now you get get him with joe burrow and if he's healthy i mean the sky's the limit we we all know the injury is history i mean he's lost 26 games over the last three seasons i mean he has not been on the field as much as he's been on the sideline but when aj green plays i feel like in redraft he's a nice guy i know uh jared got him in his scott fishbowl team i was debating it back and forth i still think tyler boyd is the wide receiver obviously to own there but aj green could have you know, another coming out here this season and maybe into the next season, but I feel like 32 years old, we're starting to get towards the end here, um, which is sad because when I really started getting into Dynasty, it was Julio and AJ Green debate, and you know, Green. and those guys coming yes. in, we have not had anything like that ever since. I mean, those guys straight up, you know, 1A, 1B, two of the most dominant wide receivers over the last 10 years. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with like Dynasty value of him, like, you know he doesn't have all that much value as for this coming year i i personally believe that he's gonna have a big year but i believe you were asking is this going to be his last year in cincinnati and i absolutely do believe that i think he's the great fit to break burrow in this year give him a good veteran receiver and uh i think next year with higgins and tyler boyd and even John Ross is a deep threat. I think they're going to be perfectly content with that. And I think that raises all their values. They're guys that you're probably going to want to target right now while AJ Green's there if you're building. Um, especially Higgins, just because, man, he's so cheap. Like, you know, he's going in like the, what, early second of rookie drafts right now. Is that about right? Yeah. And yeah, it's just... Yeah, and it's crazy because he could be potentially the wide receiver one on that team. I mean, he's got the same kind of resume as Tyler Boyd. So it's it's up in the air. It's going to be whoever he has a better rapport, rapport with. But, I mean, yeah, I do believe it's his last year in, in Cincinnati. And he'll probably play another year or two, a couple years somewhere else. But, yeah, they would have signed him to a contract if they were interested in keeping him any longer than that, I believe. And you'd have to believe that they're content with the receivers going into the next year, other than maybe like a slot guy. Um, so I would, I would just, what I've been preaching is yes, Tyler Boyd, uh, T Higgins, they're just guys that you want to hop on now. Uh, while, while before they raise in value. Cause I do believe that they're both going to be hot assets. Cause Joe Burrow is absolutely going to be legit. It's a perfect one-year rental. I mean, obviously, putting the franchise tag on him, he can teach those you know young wide receivers how to be legitimate professional wide receivers because that's what AJ Green's been, you know, over the course of his career, and it gives Joe Burrow a legit, you know, 
wide receiver core. I mean, that's going to be exciting right off the bat. Yeah, I, I'm, I know you guys were happy I took Joe Burrow, you know, in our Ultimate <laughs> Dynasty podcast league so you can get Jonathan Taylor. Man, that draft had to be the day after the draft, you know? Actually, yes. the draft was the NFL draft wasn't over, and I'm like, I love Jonathan Taylor, and if I could do a do-over, but I'm glad I got Joe Burrow as well. Mm. Thank, you for, thank you for that. I will say, um, AJ Green's value in Dynasty just fell off the map, man. We're drafting currently in the Campus to Canton League, and AJ Green just now went, and I think every rookie receiver done already went. When I say every rookie receiver, every rookie receiver is off the board, and it's just like nobody's nobody wanted AJ. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't even want AJ because it yeah. was, I just I got to a point where I was building my team a certain way, but just seeing AJ keep falling, I'm like, what are we doing? Even telling myself like I'm just losing value, which means I'm probably going to go target him in a lot of trades and a lot of other dynasty leagues. I don't think nobody wants him. Yeah, I posted a, a poll the other day and people said late second or two thirds they'd be willing to take for oh him, you know, and it's like, gosh. Jared Ooh. and I really, we preach drafting, you know, robust RBs early. Take those running backs because those wide receivers fall so much. And I mean, in Dynasty Refinery, listener league one, I got AJ Green, I think in the 16th round, you know, and I, I hammered home the running backs in the beginning. And now I have, let's be honest, I mean, if he plays the way he can, that's a rock solid wide receiver two with possible wide receiver one upside in the 16th yeah. round. For a year you know to bridge some of these younger guys you're drafting yeah i got i got aj green for 421 fourth round picks like i'm i'm just like what are you even going to do with those four fourth round picks i didn't what? want them like what? i can't even drop enough guys to make those fucking picks and you're going to take him for aj green who's at least going to have a couple good years i mean next year i expect you know the world of him i took him to scott fishbowl over some legitimate wide receivers including tyler boyd because i think he's going to light it up but like you know Four fourth rounds, yes, please. Yeah, and to close it out, so Mike, uh, you uh, talked about AJ Green and Julio coming out the same high school class. Um, that's actually the high school class I came out of. So 2007, um, I remember that year. Julio was ranked number one. AJ Green was ranked number two, and I was ranked forty thousand four hundred seventy-six. So nice, just just Way right behind. Oh, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, not too far. I was I was playing in the backyard with my kids. Your so resume. I mean, like, yeah, at that point, my I, I was ranked considerably lower. Hey, Vic thinks his hands are way better than what they are in real life. Just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now they're going to start fighting. I got, I got 83 hands in Madden. Look out for that episode that's coming soon. We do a Madden redraft episode every year where we look at who has 83 hands. And then we also look at, you know, the top five at each position to see if it aligns with fantasy football, you know, rankings for the season. So be on the lookout nice. for that. Yeah. But yeah that's cool. I like that. Yeah, we're going to get back to that. All right, another player I want to talk about is Dak Prescott. So he also signed another tender uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so he got franchise tag for $31.4 Do you guys see Dak sticking around in Dallas for the long term, or are they going to keep playing this franchise tag deal? What do you guys think? Go ahead, Jared. Uh, with Dak, it, it seems hard and far-fetched to believe that he would leave. But at the same time, I think I did read that no player – no quarterback that's ever played under the franchise tag has returned. You know, they've always ended up leaving their team. Is that true? Is that I, I, I just read that little tidbit. And I mean, I don't know. It's it's a little bit statistically. It's a little bit alarming reading something like that. Is anyone looking that up to like fact check me? Because there's going to be somebody who's just like, no, nah, dude, that's not right. 
if <laughs> everybody's like I'm, you're on your own on that one i'm pretty uh, sure i did read that even I'll if it's no it. one i feel like it's resounding number of people you know what i mean like they yeah don't, i mean when you slap the franchise tag on a quarterback most of them take it as you know a sign of disrespect because they don't want to keep you long term you know they aren't aren't willing to give you that big contract like patrick mahomes got you know and the money that they threw Ooh. at dak prescott was pretty you know i feel like he it was 34 million dollars that he turned down you know he's he, he big oh he's yeah. oh i know but no forget I about do. the money he wants like he thinks he should be the highest paid player in nfl history you know what i mean he, it's I crazy like, i feel like they do make an aggressive offer on him though i mean i feel like both sides come together here a little bit because he seems like he's a good fit i love him in dynasty you know i mean he's been rock solid he was a qb2 last year you know we have him in our top five over at dynasty refinery and the wide receivers there i mean they paid zeke they paid everybody it's going to be tough for them to do it but i feel like at some point here they get it done just because i i feel like dak's gonna you know lead them into the playoffs here again and they're gonna have to pay they got to get out of that cooper contract if they can do that they could actually swing it I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, the fact that they signed Andy Dalton was more than just a handcuff. You know, that was more of if they have him next year, you're looking at talking at less than $10 million for Andy Dalton. The defense is pretty solid. The running game is ridiculous. You know, Andy I mean, Dalton isn't horrible. You, exactly. Horrible. Andy Dalton is, is a lot better than a lot of people give him. Credit He's your for, ginger you know? brother. Jared always makes fun of the gingers. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't have the lighting Jared does, but yeah, if I'm, I'm team ginger over here. You know what I mean? It would be, uh, it'd be sticking out. My little fry fire crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's turning red. He's like, oh, shit. It sounded, it sounded a little bit gay on the Dynasty Refinery side. You see why I'm not on the sofa with him today? It does. Yeah, yeah. I'm not allowed to say these things on our show, so I'm getting I'm getting dirty right now. Yeah, yeah I'm uncensored. I, I, I'm I off sense, the walls. I make sure Jared's censored on our show. He uh, does. Being he does. the Dynasty dad, I can't, I can't like, drop F-bombs and my kids listen to it and make the uh, commercials and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. Very true. But this show, hey, we're good to go. Yep. Good. Oh, yeah, you guys know how we get down. But uh, <laughs> I do want to add, so uh, next year, if they do franchise tag Dak, they would owe him $37 million. So that price tag is going to keep going up on the one-year tender. Um, but I do think all this is a calculated move by Dak. Um, given Pat did just sign his you know, extended deal with the Chiefs, uh, especially with the salary cap baked into it, so right. he can earn more. So uh, even though Dak won't earn... Uh, Pat Mahomes type money, but even just putting in that type of incentive where, hey, it's based on the salary cap, I think that does uh, Dak some justice as it relates to you know doing some good business. So I think he held out at the right time. Uh, maybe he was advised and he anticipated the nature of these contracts are going to be different. So I do see that being a benefit. Dak yeah, better take that goddamn money, man. All them players, they didn't get, they didn't built that team for him. He needed to quit playing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about the money, the, the man. Thing that, yeah. The thing that sticks out to me with that Dalton contract is, I mean, Jameis Winston's a better fit there. And what Jameis made a little over a million dollars to go be the backup or maybe even third stringer for New Orleans, you know. So they paid Andy Dalton with some incentive to keep him there. So, I mean, that, they're that, a little worried, too. Yeah. That bird take that money for Winston go 30 for 30 in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. In a couple of years. I, that's a hot take right there. <laughs> Winston to I, Dallas, huh? I miss years, those, I miss those Jameis Winston interceptions, you know? It made it a lot easier to stream defenses. Yeah. I would love that as an Eagles fan, by the way. <laughs> oh, boy. Love it. I'll second love that. Love it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I like Winston in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's a big arm offense. I yes. Yeah. I've always said he's just like Ben Roethlisberger. They're almost yeah, like the is. same quarterback, right? Yeah, yeah honestly. Yeah, they really are. 
All right, one more player, and then we'll get out of here on, on the players at least. So Derrick Henry, he uh, signed an extension with the Tennessee Titans. So four years, $50 million deal um, this past Wednesday. Um, did you guys, you know, see that coming? What did you guys I think? did not, you know, like given what's been going on, obviously with the way running back money has gone and what we've seen from the Todd Gurley contract and what we've seen from all these different big contracts where teams regret it afterwards, Derrick Henry just seemed to be on the way out, but Tennessee needs him. You know, if they're going to be even remotely a quality football team, it has to funnel around Derrick Henry. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry last year, to what he did in the playoffs was ridiculous, but he totaled 418 touches last year. You know, from a dynasty perspective, I feel like this is an opportunity where you can sell again because nobody wanted Derrick Henry. You know, he they wanted him for the playoffs last year, but in, redra in dynasty startups, he's been falling like crazy. But the numbers he put up were just astronomical. I mean, 1,500 yards during the season, and then he was almost averaging 200 yards a game in the playoffs. He carried them. So it made sense for Tennessee. It, they can get out of it after two years. You know, with a, it, it's pretty front-loaded with things. But they paid him legit. I mean, four years, $50 million. They're building around Derrick Henry. Early part of his career, though, he didn't get a lot of carries. You know, so it should be interesting to see how it pans out. I feel like everybody in Dynasty and in redraft, you know, they want those PPR running backs, and Derrick Henry is not that. It's just, you know, a little over 20 receptions the last two seasons. The guy yeah. can straight run the rock. You know, he's no Jared Fox. We, we, he had the most mm. carries there. But uh. <laughs> Derrick Henry's the same way. I mean, over 100 touches more than anybody last oh, year man. when you factor in the playoffs, you know? So you're yeah. our Derrick Henry for our podcast. Good job. Yeah. Dude. No, I, I, I really like Derrick Henry for the Titans. Um, he's that guy that he's one of those rare running backs that as the rest of the league starts to wear down towards the end of the year, he just keeps going and he gets stronger. And every year at the end of the year that he lights it up. And that's the reason I do think they have the type of team that could make, make it to the playoffs again. And I don't know if they'll have a magical run like they did last year, but I feel like if that's what they're thinking, they are and are capable of doing again, you know, that's, that was a good move by them because I think it was like 23 mil guaranteed. I want to say, and you said they can get out of it after it was something like that. And uh, you said they can get out of, out of it after two years. So they could end up getting him for just over 10, 10 million a year there. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah, yeah. that, that was a smart move on their, their end. Derrick Henry masks a lot of the warts that Ryan Tannehill has. I mean, you know, there's not that many options there behind AJ Brown. You know, there's a lot. I've been saying uh, Corey Davis, fifth year breakout. You know, I just did a oh, draft, God. Uh, for the FFPC and pros versus Joe's. And I mean, the last pick in the 20th round, I took Corey Davis, you know, and I still wasn't even sure if I should do it. Jared <laughs> will make fun of me because I took him 101 with my first ever dynasty rookie 101. I offered you Michael Thomas for that pick. Yeah, by the yeah, way, no, it, did, it did not go well. You know, I mean, yeah. he was trying to jump up there and I took him over Kamara and McCaffrey, Fournette. I mean, all of them. I was like, give me Corey Davis, baby. Yeah, oh, Lord. I will forgive say Christian this, McCaffrey. I will say Derrick Henry. Now that this deal is done, because I was worried about them just running them into the ground again, and then he's not being in that system anymore next year. He's the perfect hold. Me and Dynasty Bro Vic just talked about this perfect hold now, because at least he's locked in for a couple years now in a system that's going to utilize him to be the non PPR back that he is. It's going to be hard for any other team to use him like that. So I'm glad he's stuck in Tennessee. And I don't think you're going to get the value of what he's actually worth on your team if you go right. trade him. So he's just right. the perfect hold. Absolutely. Right so. Yeah. And a running back like that, you don't trade until in season. The reason I was saying is you have your way out now is 
people were trying to deal them all off season and they were offering 107 108 you know i mean they were not offering Ooh. high value there at all i feel like derrick henry in season you know presents himself as a as a great guy if you're not a contender you know if you guys are listening to this and you guys are you know rebuilding don't trade him now you know trade him in season once the guy starts rattling off 150 yard games with two touchdowns that Absolutely. 35, that 35 carry, 235 yard game, week seven. Yeah. Trade for that. <laughs> Cash it out. Per, points per carry leagues. I mean, that guy's a beast. You know, and, and he's definitely, definitely worth it. And you know, if you are a contender, make that offer now because you're going to get two years out of him. I think most people thought they were going to get that one year, and then it was going to be where does he go? You know, and if he goes somewhere other than Tennessee, they got to use him properly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's he's a tough running back you know a lot of those running backs we think expire but look at look at adrian peterson you know he was just built to last and if anybody else in the nfl is built to last with that type of run style it's derrick henry right you know he might do it into his 30s it might just surprise us all and be that that frank gore type guy that you're just like i was wrong you know this guy's still here six seven years later yeah i agree with that yeah, he's he's in his own class. I mean, of course we got the workhorses, but I put Derrick Henry in his own boat. Like he's the work ox. Like that's the you know yes. you take across country on the Oregon Trail. So that's the reference I always like to use. So um, I'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek. I'm actually working on a article for the Dynasty Nerds. It's a buy hold flip article, and my hold is Derrick Henry. So I do agree. Um, this would be the time to hold him. You know, let him improve some value in season, um, and then flip him, especially with this loaded draft class that's coming up. So yeah, I totally agree with all of those takes there. All right, so let's uh, transition. Um, got some Madden news. Of course, last week we announced the 99 Club. Um, so, of course, on offense, we had Pat Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey. And defense, you had Stephon Gilmore and Aaron Donald. But, of course, there's a fifth one. Um, you know, so, we thought we had all the insights and you know, insider info with the leaks. But Michael Thomas just got added to the 99 Club. So, do you guys think he deserved it? And I'm going to give you guys my take on it. But do you guys think Michael Thomas earned the 99 Club? I don't think Devontae Parker thinks he deserved it. You know, you see that that Twitter beef there between those two guys. He was saying he was much better. Uh, Man, that's tough because Michael Thomas has been phenomenal. You know, I'm a big Madden player. You know, I I don't play it as much as I used to back in the day. I think Madden, like, 07, I was top 50 in the country because I was, like, legit at it. But then I'm like, once you have kids, it's kind of tough to play it as much. Um, I think he's, like, close. But I I don't want to quite – it's tough to give a – you know, a couple of years ago, I would have given it to Julio, but Michael Thomas, 99 rating is tough for a wide receiver for me. Yeah. You know, I might have him at 97, 98. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's breaking records and stuff. And I, he really is the perfect wide receiver in every aspect of the game. So, I mean, I put him right up there with Julio and, um, you know, like Fitz and all those guys and even Calvin Johnson. I don't think there's any more he has to prove for me. So, yeah, I mean, he is the. He, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL, and he has been probably for the last three years now. You know, there was a time where we wanted to believe that he he wasn't going to be the number one wide receiver, and we put guys like Odell above him and DeAndre Hopkins. But, yeah, I mean, since his rookie year, he's just dominated, and I love him. Favorite wide receiver. He's 99 club approved for me. All right. Yeah, and you know what? For me, I think it was a you know win-win from for EA. I mean, given we had all these leaks go out, so of course they had to throw a fifth one out there. That's how I'm looking at it. And if you're gonna throw a fifth one out there, why not put Michael Thomas in there? Because if he didn't get it, he'd be bitching all week on social media. So I think they kind of killed two birds with one stone, um, you know, by giving it to him. So that's my take. 
Um, but there is a sixth guy out there, Jalen Ramsey. He said he edits himself every year to 99, so it doesn't matter. He's already in there. So he's honorary. He put himself on. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Right. And the last thing that we got for what's the word, um, given with COVID going on, we actually just had some breaking news a couple hours ago. Um, so coming in, um, at least from Twitter. So uh, looks like uh, there will be no preseason games, of course, in 2020. And also roster sizes are expected to be 80 um, at the start of camp. So given this COVID stuff, looks like we're going to have a season. Um, but my question to you guys, you know, do we do we think we're going to actually finish a season though? Or we're going to push and start one, but will we actually finish? I think this Go is ahead, great Mike. news. I think this is great news, obviously, for the NFL. You know, they were going back and forth, and the NFL wanted to at least have one, two preseason games. You know, and obviously the players' union didn't want to go with that. So I think it's great news for NFL in general. You know, I mean, we all run these podcasts. We love fantasy football, and it's just a life without football just seems so difficult right now. Trash, um, so, not difficult. Like I know, I know. Yeah. Seriously, Depressing. straight I mean, garbage. Yo, baseball's <laughs> gonna roll out. We gotta have some. We gotta have some football. Um, I, I do like that they've increased the roster size. What I've been telling everybody right now, especially with, you know, the COVID rule where if you test, you know, positive, you got to sit out three weeks, load up on them running backs. You know, I mean, I feel like you have to have them handcuffs right now. Um, the interesting thing will be to see if they play the whole season, you know, and I have to believe, and, and Jared and I both have talked about this, that they get it started, they're going to finish it. You know what I mean? I feel like they have to be ready. And baseball and basketball are going to kind of be the guinea pig here and see how things go. You know, I, I I feel like we have to have a full season here. And if that's the case, make sure you guys load up on them running backs. Yeah. Well, the NFL isn't one to like to be wrong. So if they were to stop the season early, that would be admitting that they should have never started it, which exactly. I don't see them doing. So I agree 100%. Yeah, we've talked about that. And it, it is very exciting because this definitely confirms it. Who cares about preseason games? I've never given a damn about them. So, like, I, I've always thought that they should get rid of those anyways. You know, every now and again, you get one of your top players gets hurt in a preseason game or something. And you're like, what the hell? So, I mean, for me, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm absolutely on board with, like, depth might matter this year. It might be funky in some leagues where, like, I don't know. I don't know how many NFL guys are going to actually get COVID, but if if it starts to happen and spread around the league, there could be like there could be some weird teams winning games just because they have all that depth. I was saying it's going to be crazy. I mean, picture we're making the playoffs here and Patrick Mahomes gets COVID. I mean, he's got to sit out right? three weeks. You know that. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tough. What I've been telling everybody, I've gotten a lot of questions and I posted about it today. Those rookie wide receivers are going to be at such a disadvantage now. No preseason. You know, a lot of those guys that just showed up, you know, the Phil Lindsay's, the Raheem Mostert's of the world, it's going to be tough for them to crack in. But, I mean, be patient with your rookie wide receivers. And in redraft, I mean, I'm not touching rookie wide receivers this year. You know, I'm going to wait until absolutely no. late and see what happens. I mean, I love a lot of these guys, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, but I, I'm going to let somebody else have them just because they're not going to have that time to really establish that rapport at all. Oh boy. Yeah, you want to add anything to that? That? Uh, I'm glad we finished football. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm One so happy for say, football. Yeah, hear it in my voice. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so happy. But it's I'm, gonna I'm be with interesting you, man. seeing them do this without a bubble. Yeah, that, 
that's my concern the bubble piece of course we got mlb mls and even nba they're all inside of a bubble and they're staying in yeah. that bubble with nfl they're creating this practice environment bubble but then these guys are free to go out to the real world so that's my only concern um, they're missing that aspect but it seems like they're piecing together the plan as we go it does seem like they kind of came up with this at the last minute, which they did, and it took the players voicing their concerns. I'm sure you guys saw it on social media yesterday, um, you know, for the owners to call a emergency meeting. So we'll just have to yeah. see how it plays out. But yeah, I mean, you can't control these guys once they do go home. And I do think we're going to see a lot more retirements too coming up. A lot of these guys aren't going to risk their health. Can't blame them. And then some guys may even opt out. So that's yeah, something to be mindful of. Yeah, that's a good point. That's all Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, Russell Wilson tweeted today. I mean, obviously his his wife is pregnant, you know, and yeah. I mean that just creates an interesting thing there. Where yeah, that's what you do for a living. But I mean, we got to look at it as, you know, if you, your work environment was was hostile and your wife was pregnant, I mean, you got a family to take care of, and yeah. we all want to focus on fantasy football. And we want to focus on those kind of things. But I think we need to look at them from as a human being standpoint too. You know, I mean, as as someone who was working the entire way through COVID, you know, a lot of my employees didn't want to, and I had to you know, make some adjustments and do things here and there, but it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, but you got to think like if the NFL didn't stop Tyreek Hill from missing a game last year, COVID ain't going to stop them from having football. Right. Yeah. Or is that a little sensitive right there? Was that a, <laughs> that was supposed to be funny guys. Come on. Where's your sense of humor? Are we comparing Tyreek Hill beating someone to COVID-19 now? I don't know. I have a bad sense. Yeah, I have a bad sense of humor. All right. All right. My girlfriend's shaking her head. Let's move on. No. But to close it out, I do want everyone to watch the first week of August, especially the August 1st date, because that's where guys, you know, that's the deadline to opt out. So, yeah, you might want to push your drafts back to August, you know, after August 1st. Before we get to the main segment, though, tell everyone where they can follow you at. And of course, we'll close it out with that as well. But where can everyone follow you guys at? Go ahead. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Refinery. Pretty active sometimes. Uh, trying to get better. <laughs> Mike is looking at me like, bitch, that is the weakest part of your game. Like, no, I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're brothers in that, man. Like, it's it's tough, though. Like, trying to, like, break into it and you just don't know where to start half the time. And I'm like, what do I retweet? You know, who do I hit back? But, you know, I'm getting there. So hit me up. I love talking at Dynasty Refinery. Yeah. I see Dynasty yeah. Dad out there every day. I'm sure he sees me out there. <laughs> I'm grinding, day. man. Hey, let's grinding, just, let's just swap these guys out, man. Forget yeah, those man. grinders. Yeah. I was, <laughs> hey, Jared took these back his account. Dude. He's ready to roll there. But you can find me at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. You can hear us. We record every Wednesday. Very highly interactive with our, you know, our, our listeners and everything like that. And our podcast comes out every Friday. Uh, I write over at and write and rank over at Dynasty Happy Hour, so you guys can find that over there. And actually, next week we are going to keep doing the Dynasty Refinery, but I'm also doing a solo pod, starting the Dynasty Dad podcast next week. So, a lot nice. of stuff going on. We're both excited about everything, you know, we're doing over at the Dynasty Refinery. And check us out. All right, let me go because I need to defend myself. Follow me at DynastyBro Dot on Twitter. I am active sometimes. <laughs> hey, hey, I've been trying to get you more followers, man. I tagged you in there. I, hey, you, I put I, I put you and Jared as the running back on my fantasy team. You know yeah. what I mean? I think I think uh, Vic was my wide receiver. You know, I was trying to hype you guys hey, up a little I bit. I want to say, follows. I think through through you guys, my numbers have been running up, and I've been getting a ton of new followers. A lot. Glad to hear so that, I man. Thank good. you guys. Two, I would like to say. 
I've been doing so much mandatory overtime at my job that make that basically ban phones at my job. So that's like that makes 10, it tough. It's like that's 10, rough. 11 hours out of my day phoneless for the most part. And then I always tell myself when I get home, I'm going to dedicate an hour to Twitter. I got a son that likes to put his head in front of my screen when I hold my phone up now. My son's about to be two in October. So like if I look at my phone, he likes to put his head in front of the oh, phone man. so he can. It's hard to interact with the son's head in front of your phone. These yeah. are just excuses. I feel like Vic won't give me a hard time if I throw it on my son. That's understandable, man. You're going to bitch about that. his two-year-old son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my son won't be on my phone. See, now I look like the asshole. <laughs> yeah, the battle, asshole. <laughs> the yeah, you ass. <laughs> hey, Jared, let's, let's get rid of these guys. <laughs> I know, man. I know, man. Forget about the Twitter activity. It's all about the information. We got some rebranding going on. We got Dick and I are going to start a new one. Yep. Got to roll things out. <laughs> Dynasty Dad, Sosa FF. How does that sound? There we go. It, it's, it just rolls off the tongue. It's so clean. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh man, you could call it your, your Sosa Sofa Dad. Yeah, oh that'd that be good. Sofa Dad. Sofa, right. sofa Dad podcast. That's that's, that's what the that's just sexy. fans too. I think. Because yeah. I can see you guys sitting on your sofas, just like on your phones, twittering it no up, talking. man. There's no talking. Into While I'm out mics. living They're my best life. Twitter. They're on Twitter for. <laughs> Did you see that tweet? Did you see that tweet? So yeah. Hey, speaking, yeah. Of, speaking of tweet, where can we find you at, Vic? All right. So at Chief Sosa FF. Hopefully, I don't have to change my name soon, given all the you know Washington skins and all the social climate going on around names. But I think I'm safe, at least for now. Um, yeah, Chief Sosa FF, and then also the podcast at Dynasty Bros FF everywhere. So we got our DJ here. I don't know what his handle is this week. He changes it every week. D- so DJ. A V O L X V E DJ DJ A V O L X V E. That is that is him. That's um, catchy. Yeah, follow him. Yeah, if, if you go to our Twitter, all of our handles are there on the main page. So that's how you do that. All right. So let's just do a good transition while we're beefing and doing swapsies and everything. Let's talk about co GM etiquette. So let's break this down. Co GM in the league. It's where you have 50-50 partners ownership with a friend, co-worker, anybody that, that, that's going to be your 50-50 owner going into this team. So you have to draft together. You have to trade together. Everything is supposed to be 50-50. And I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'm tired of it. I've GM with one guy and one guy only. And it's been a struggle. So... Hopefully, you guys got some advice for us to help smooth those things over, and hopefully, we can give the listeners some advice on how to make it a smooth co-GM and experience. Wait, so, before we yeah, Mike, tell them how friendly we are. Yeah, so Jared and, I, Jared and I have very different styles, and we're both, uh, you know, dads with uh, partial custody here. You know, we do that kind of thing, and I feel like our relationship with Jared and I is co-managing is better than uh, you know with our exes but not that much more sometimes when it comes to our dynasty teams, you know, it's like, it's tough because we have totally different styles, you know, and we try to draft those together. Um, I feel like the biggest thing with, with co-managing a team, obviously the draft is fun, you know, and you're doing the draft. And I feel like the first one we did was with uh, what dynasty degenerates with Frank, you know, Frank Scandoro over at DHH. And it was a bunch of guys in there. 
I feel like for the most part, we enjoyed the process, but it gets, it gets tricky. You know, we were talking about Jared works in, you know, in seal coding and things like that. And he was super busy in the middle of the draft, you know, and we have a lot of scenarios that were like, we're coming on the board and you don't want to, it's all about communication with when it comes to co-managing. I mean, there is etiquette there. You got to make sure you're trying to do what's best for the team. And I think when it comes to player evaluation, Jared and I are on point, you know, I feel like we're in sync 90% of the time. And some of our guests have joked around saying that we were too kumbaya with everything, trying to get along <laughs> and make sure. But right I feel now. like player assessment, we are right on, you know, but I feel like when it comes to making trades and, and things like that, that's where you kind of butt heads sometimes because it's it, it becomes difficult. It's like, we're all different. I mean, look at Twitter. You put a poll out there and mm -hmm. I could look at a Twitter poll that you look at a Twitter poll and we're like, man, that's a deal. And then you're going to look at it and be like, man, that guy got ripped off. You know, Dynasty, that's why I love it. It's so vast of direction yeah. and, and what goes into it. So I feel like those are some of the pitfalls that we've fallen into. Um, what do you think, Jared? Yeah, I mean, I know there was that one trade. He's he bring brought up the seal coding because uh -oh. I was working, oh. all right, and I hadn't checked my phone for I don't know, let's say like an hour or so. I'm, you know, I'm a foreman out on the six, job, so I can't be, I can't be looking at my phone. I'm trying to understand. set an example here, right? Me all and right, Jared might be the same guy. Yeah, we might be, dude. It, it you know, feels I'm, a lot like it. I'm bonding like with you right now, man. <laughs> we're, we're, feeling we're it. The, yeah, we're Vic and I. We're the taller, you know. Twitter oh, active guys. You know? I mean, we got the, the shorter guy. Exactly. Much more attractive. You know, I Did you just different. call Mike cuter than Jared? Because well, I don't think you're oh, supposed to like judge like that. I was talking about <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> What kind of I podcast is this? <laughs> I think she I might have been right about the porno earlier. This <laughs> <laughs> might turn that. into that. Right. We're going to put I'm that up on a Twitter poll. Now we're going to go for attractiveness levels. Yeah. You know, <laughs> my fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to tag MFL. They'll get it all oh, going. So the, the trade he's talking about. Hold on. I, no, 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 oh, no, no, Mike. I was man, telling this story. See, this is like me and him. Just like he's like speak. trying to Mike, swoop in on my story. Him off, Mike. Yeah. Let him so talk. That's so there was like, let me talk, Mike. All right. <laughs> I like you. I respect you, man. All right. So one hour i didn't check my phone and he goes and makes a trade now last year i was hellishly high on david montgomery okay i loved him and we drafted george kittle and we got him like in the fourth round in a tight end premium i think there was some crazy tight end scoring in that league too and we had david montgomery and i think there was another piece yet and he traded like all these players that i like for zeke and zeke is a cowboy all right so like I love Zeke and all, and I try not to keep emotions, you know, to bring emotions to the fantasy table because, you know, just because I hate a team and I, I I fucking hate a player doesn't mean I shouldn't <laughs> own him. But like, I, like when he traded one of my favorite upside running backs plus George Kittle, who like he knows I've loved him since he was a rookie. Like I've told everyone, get George Kittle before he breaks out. Like it was just like my guys, and he just he threw him away for Zeke, and I was so mad at. I, I swear to God, I didn't want to talk to him for a month. For like three weeks. They yeah. It was Kittle and David Montgomery. And then we were on the clock for the guy. And the guy kept pressuring me. Frank, if you guys know Frank, there's hot takes Frank, you know, and he was he's like, You gotta make this move. He's like, I'm gonna move to somebody else. And I'm like, it was Jared says an hour, I say five hours. Let's say it's three hours. Oh, he, he got in your head, man. And he's like, well, I gotta make this move. <sighs> and I'm like, well, I looked at the board and Austin Hooper was there. So we got Zeke and Austin Hooper for David Montgomery and George Kittle. So I mean, we won out, you know, but at the same time, like those were his babies, you know what I mean? Like that's they like were. 
if he trades Chris Godwin off one of my teams, I'm going to be floored, you know, and I, I get that, <laughs> you know, but at the time you're just like, well, this is a move I would make. So let's do it. And I, I tried, I was, he probably checked his phone. There were probably like 32 messages. My boss was ready to fire me. You know, you're walking by Mike's just texting away, you know, but that, yeah, that was the biggest trade that we made where it was just like, ah, you know, yeah. Drafting is so, fun though. That, that's yeah. the thing is like, we all want to co-manage a team. And if you guys haven't done it, I mean, I really suggest doing it. Um, Jared and I are great friends. So it's, you know, it can cause a little bit of a strife there, but it can actually make it really fun. You know, I know well, about two minds is on, great. Yeah, two minds is better than one. We I level agree. each other out a lot when we draft. Cause like, I, I find that, that, yeah, it's like the, some guys you're high on and the other guys like, yeah, but think about it, dude, this guy's better. And you're like, yeah. And that happens a lot. I find that we draft really good teams together. Yeah. It's, it's not managing part of like, yeah, it's, it's a matter of like trying to figure out who to start each week. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's nice having two heads on that where you're like, Oh, yo, I didn't get a chance to check that roster because I'm in 15 and he's in 10. You know, I didn't get a chance to check that same kind of news. Hey, did you see, you know, Austin Hooper's out this week? You know, and you kind of update that in there. The trade part's what makes it a little bit more difficult. And we co-manage uh, we, uh, that league actually folded because a couple major podcasters didn't pay their dues. So we were Ooh. like, yo, I was like, I'm out. You know, Jared, I was trying to win back from his friendship there. He was so mad after me. Trading him. <laughs> yeah, throw the team away. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you guys saw it in his eyes, but he's still fired up about it. It was like that yeah. same kind of passion as that playing career. But he was he was so fired up. And I'm like, let's let's just get out of this. Like two other podcast league or two other podcasters that were in that league. They never paid. And then they left. And I'm like, Yo, I'm not going to be part of like this. That. You know, we, we ended up leaving. And uh, but then we actually we we created a couple you know, we created two listener leagues for our podcast, you know, and if you guys haven't done that, that's a lot of fun, you know, interacting with all your league mates and just your listeners and they're playing against you. And it's, it's, it's a blast. And in the second one, it's a 2014 two copy and Jared Damn. and I co-manage that. And, you know, we love our team. I mean, we have Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, you know, I mean, we're very, very studs and duds, Joe Mixon, but we're, oh, yes. we've been having a hard time dealing with some of these guys. And it's funny because the listeners, they know Jared and I have totally different styles, you know, and they they'll go to him for a certain player and then they'll come to me for the other one. You know, they won't. And then we can't agree, we can't ever find a middle ground. So like making trades happen has just been hellish in that league. Yeah, it's a like, listener league. So they all know what we what we like. And it's tough. Yeah, as soon as you hype a guy, then they try to send you that guy. You know, you start talking about how uh, this guy's going to break out. And then all of a sudden the two guys that have that guy, they try to trade him to Jared and I. And they try to pick, you know, places against each other and trade with either of us just on Twitter be like which guy you want so well trading we uh got a trading story well, nice. get into your pain points mm. first, then the story if you could with that or do it this how you like we? this is like exact mirroring he's got a painful story here I don't know if you traded one of his guys I mean what's going on here okay I do I do got a pain story I'll tell you this so drafting is fun I know you guys hyped up drafting. You you have you didn't tell us a bad drafting story, so I'll tell a bad draft story. We're in the Empire League, and it's um, that was two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, we're they're doing a startup Empire League. Win two years, the league's over. I have always had a thing for running for quarterbacks that have rushing chops. I, I speak it all the time. So going into that year, my thing was hey. If not Lamar, let's at least get Josh Allen. I wouldn't mind either one of them. I love both of them. The guy over here, 
I don't even want to tell the guy. Tell tell the guy that you were high on that we ended up taking. We ended up taking Mitchell Trubisky. Ooh. <laughs> this is before Lamar's breakout Heisman season. That's a fuck up, man. <laughs> hey, but at least... Well, look, at least I can trade away George Kittle. And... <laughs> I fucked up at the draft. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that league was like two points per reception, too. For it was like crazy tight end scoring. Yeah. Oh, man. But you got Zeke, though. And so, like, hey, Zeke. Hey, I, I messed with the guy who took over our team. I think he won it all, you know, so we, he should at least help us out. Yeah. But you also got Austin Hooper last year, and he had a hell of a start. Yes. So that Zeke and Austin Hooper play doesn't look bad. But all year, can you imagine having Mitchell Trubisky on your bench while everybody's playing Josh Allen and Lamar (laughs) Jackson in your face? That hurt. Yeah, Lamar Jackson would really hurt. Yeah. That was a game changer. (laughs) That was my miss. My bad. Sosa's over here like, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. I feel like like we're co-managing. We can talk about those wins together, but it's those losses that it's like, especially when that loss is that guy talking you into taking player X especially when it's Mitch Trubisky. But, yeah, you know, like that Trubisky. really is something that you can probably toss in his face for. There's that fun thing, you know, like Jared and I will bring that up now where we're like, he's like, why don't you trade away, you know, George Kittle? You know, like, you know, why don't you go ahead and do that? And it's like, yeah, okay. You know, we have well, that fun, like back and forth. One thing I will say is Mike talked me out of, uh, I really wanted to draft Gallup. Like I was, I was all about him. I was like, dude, no way the Cowboys are drafting another receiver. I know I hate them, but I was like, you know what? Gallup is going to be that guy. He's going to be like what Godwin did last year. He's going to blow up. And Mike was like, no, nah, let's, let's be level-headed. Let's not overdraft him. And we ended up missing on him. And I was so mad at him. And after they drafted CD lamb, I was like, yep. All right. That was, that was a good thing. So, talk, talk he he redeemed himself down. on that one. Talking somebody down is always good. Me and Vic, we do real well with talking each other off of certain cliffs a lot, actually. So I will give him credit on that. Hopefully give me credit on that. We, we'll talk each other out of jumping out the window real quick. Yeah. And I do want to share my biggest pain point with co-GMing is patience. Like having to wait, um, you know, having to you know be on the clock where you got to wait and get input from your guy. I have jumped off the ledge in a trade, so I actually got a trade story. And I was actually hyped and feeling good about it to the point where I was like, Dot, what's wrong? Like, you just won. Like, what's, like, what's wrong with you? But uh, I prematurely traded Cooper Cup away for a 21 first without consulting my co-GM. I just knew that was the perfect trade. I still feel good about it. Um, I actually told him, you know, that I did that trade. What was your reaction? Here's the thing. <laughs> so the team was full of depth. I'm not going to lie. We, 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 this is the same thing we should have had Lamar on. We have a lot of depth on the team. So we were trying to move pieces to be like, okay, let's try to get some assets because we were, I feel like we were stacked up top. And Cooper Cup was probably like our fourth receiver. So I, fourth or fifth, so I was trying to get, it's only a 10-team league. I was trying to get a first-round pick this year because I'm like, I can name 10 guys in this draft that I would love over Cooper Cup. That's fine. And I can probably name a lot of guys going into next year's draft that I'm going to love too. But just at least we'll get one of these guys this year and then worry about it. I don't know how everything else is going to fall. So he calls me. Hey, we got a first. I'm like, hell yeah, Jerry Judy. I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm just speaking guys into existence. 
Oh, we're going to get whoever we want. I go look at the sleeper team. I'm like, man, we're short of first for 2020. Hey, bro. I thought you just got a first. He went and just got a random 2021 first. And I know he's not worried about the guy's team. But the guy's team is actually pretty decent now. And we helped build his team up. So I feel like it, it it can mess around and be the 110 next year. And I'm like, that doesn't sound as sexy for Cooper Cup at that point. It sounds like the same. I was all excited when I got the deal done. I think I was even calling him and he was like, and then you're like, oh, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh no, he was so pumped. He's like, Jared's gonna love me for this. And I'm just hey, like Twitter loved it. It was like 80. Betrayed me. You know? so I think my first response and, was I was like, why didn't you ask me, Mike? I even think, I you think, didn't talk to me. I even I think Vic even retweeted it. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> we we were active on Twitter while you guys were working. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting there in my office as a produce manager, be like, "Hey, go put out the eggplant. I'm gonna I got just gotta make this deal." I will say this: Vic Vic is antsy, and you know I I've seen him draft players where I'm like, I'd be like, "Damn, bro, he couldn't wait 30 minutes." It's like he just yeah. he just had to make his jump, and I'm like. Guys have us sitting in the draft for a couple yeah. hours. And That's a good point. Yeah, like we can't wait 20 minutes. Like we're holding up the draft. We're never going to be the ones holding up the draft. But, you know, but those, I get it though. Yeah. So, so from my perspective, again, Cooper Cup was on our bench. I'm like, okay, getting a first for a bench player. And we were already overloaded and having to consolidate and, you know, reallocate assets anyways. That's, that's the lens I had going into it. Um, but looking back, I definitely should have you know, talked it out with him um, and you know, exercise some more patience. So my bad again. So the Cooper Cup and then Lamar Jackson miss. We're going to let you guys know who we end up drafting in the 21 draft. And we're going to put a poll up. Would you rather have Cooper Cup or this guy? So that's coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. Next year. Hey, you guys are so, yeah. so close. I was like, if I would have known where Jared was, I would have drove down, you know, and just started shooting, <laughs> shooting the bull and see what we take. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, All right, so, so we talked about some stories, some pain points. Um, what are some like additional tips or recommendations you guys got as it relates to co-GMing? I mean, I like I said before, I actually advocate people trying it. You know, try it out for a year, co-GM with someone. You know, I feel like when this is all set up, we're gonna set it up. Me and me and Vic are gonna have a team, and and Dots and Jared are gonna set up a team for a new league. We're you know? down. And, I'm already uh, into it. Yeah, I've been thinking that the whole time. Hey, that's where it's at. You know, let's do it. <laughs> we got it all set up. No, I mean, I, I feel like it's a fun thing, you know, and it can definitely strengthen a friendship and it can help you. You you talk a lot more about certain players. You know, you've talked about it, talking guys off a cliff. Jared might say, hey, you know, I like this guy better. Let's try to move on to here, especially in the draft. And you make some decisions and you you test each other. You know what I mean? Like Jared might like a player better than I do. And I'll try to convince him why I like that player and vice versa. And it makes you a better dynasty owner. You know, I feel like I, I know, you know, the more things you can do, I mean, Twitter and, and writing and all these different avenues as, as podcasters, it's just another thing where you guys can come together and learn more. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. We play a game that we love. Ultimately, that's what it's all about. You know, trying to win those championships and have some fun. Um, me personally, I've been talking to a lot of people saying, you know, that $50 you pay for a startup, because that's what most of them are. You know, you're looking at, it's like a dollar a week. It's a matter of just paying for that startup and having some fun with it and make some moves, enjoy the process. Yeah. yeah. 
I couldn't agree more. It's like kind of like diversifying your portfolio. And I know the the reason we originally decided to do a team together in the first place was like, we're like, we want to have like a ton more teams, but we don't want to keep paying startup costs. So we're like, what if we just split these startup costs and do a few teams together? And yeah, we ended up having a lot of fun with it. We've had, you know, our ups and downs with it, but it does it does make you a better drafter because i mean being that like you're in someone's head like he can't keep his own strategies from from me or like i can't keep my own strategies from from him so like i feel like we get to learn each other's style and you recognize like points and stuff that the other guy makes you're like you know i didn't think about that before and yeah okay i love i I love doing it the most fun for me is I, we're doing the Dynasty Refinery Listener League 2 with it. And it's just it's just fun because they see Jared and I clearly have different personalities. We have different ideas. And they're trying to, like, pick at both of us and trying to make us have make trades, you know. And it's like one of them's coming after. They know Jared won't trade Saquon for he's going to want their firstborn child and three first-round picks and yeah. then some. You know, so they're all trying to get Saquon off of me. And obviously his jersey's up behind me. And I'm the same way. They they know if they want Mahomes, they, they're not coming to me. They're going to Jared. So they're trying to like, you know, piece it. They call me the housewife so. though. They're like, oh, Jared's Mike's housewife. Apparently like I'm the little bitch owner. <laughs> they're like, oh, Mike, is Jared allowed to do a transaction? <laughs> Wait, are, we, are we getting back to like the male versus female? Like who's prettier thing again? Or No, 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 no. This all originated. No. The last listener league we did, Mike no, didn't give me privileges to do like, like I couldn't make picks and stuff. And I had said something about it. And it was just funny because I just, he had so much he was dealing with. He could is like a million leagues and he just hadn't added me on as like a i don't know i forget what you call it but i couldn't do anything in the league i could see it yeah yeah i I hadn't been given housewife privileges yet and uh no everybody was just like yeah so uh jared must be the little bitch because he can't actually do anything and then mike was like on the clock i'm telling you this guy he loves riding the clock like he was he would go for like six hours and they they could see that i was like on twitter looking at their shit and they're like dude just make the pick and i was like i can't i can't make the pick i don't have i I don't i don't have the access I'll you say gotta this. use that work thing both ways, you know. I'm like, hey, I'm busy at work. We were doing one the other day when I was in Pros versus Joes, and I was like, hey guys, I'm meeting with a client here. I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be back in like two hours. And the one guy goes, he's like, bitch, it's Sunday. I'm like, oh man, sorry. I was like, my bad. I was like, I'm just gonna go have a drink with a guy, and he's like, yeah, tell your buddy I said hi and get your picking. Hey, I'll say this for the for the next like two three days after that Cooper Cup trade, I went to work, and everybody was like. Shit, I'm just going to send you a first for Juju. Hey, I'm just going to send you a first for AJ Brown. Vic will take him. Vic's going to take him. I'm like, fuck all of y'all. <laughs> fuck everybody. I, I had to for like a week straight. I'm, hey, that hurts. I'd be like, can I get this guy? No. I'll just send a trade to Vic. I'm like, fuck y'all. Like, I'm going to see the trade myself. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully I'm Vic, you it. easy slut. I'm just holding it all in over here. Oh, so what's your uh, last recommendation you got or a tip? Um, I agree with everything you guys said, Echo. Um, just get into it, man. I think it would make you a better player just being able to have to learn how to adapt to somebody else's thinking, to training yourself with your patience and and really just slowing down and realizing everything, man. So it's not just always being antsy and jumping the gun on what you want to do. And I think it'll help diversify, like, the way you pick also. Because 
you have your guys and you probably end up with your guys in a lot of your leagues you'll probably have the same teams looking the same way in every league so get some different strategies man and, and build different teams and have fun with it so i think co-gm and to give you a different way of building your team and different ways of thinking so just just try it out all right my biggest tip would be of course a lot of co-gms bump heads at the draft but you can cut a lot of that out by letting the draft fall a lot of times we spend time arguing over guys who don't even make it to us to draft so just you know of course you want to have some guys in your back pocket but let the draft play out let it fall then discuss who you guys want to take instead of you know, bumping heads and clashing over someone who went three picks before you anyway. So, um, again, going back to the being patient um, point that I made earlier, be patient in the draft, let it fall, and also be patient and give your guys some time to respond back to you too. So uh, that's my biggest uh, takeaway. So. I feel like the more you do, I and mean, we had Goat District on the other day, and, and they, I mean, the way they talk about drafting is just a science, and they've, they've been doing it together quite a bit, you know, and I feel like the more you do that, the more you understand, like, yeah, it, it's like you don't want to argue about a guy who's 10 picks away, you know, unless you're going to trade up and get that guy. You know, I just yeah, be yeah, patient, but... let him come to you. I feel like when you're co-GMing, it, it's a lot more difficult to trade up. You know, it's a lot more, you almost got to take it when it comes to you. And, you know, I feel like uh, when this is all done, we should actually just set up another league and make everybody be co-managers, you know, and just post a link to it and just have some fun with it, you know? Yeah. The co-managing league. Yeah, those guys, man, they're on another level. You can tell that they have co-managed several teams. Like, they were two peas in a pod. You know, there was no question. You know, they would, they'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. We both, you know, knew that we would move back here to try to get this guy instead of, like, you know, a guy in the second round. And they were they were great. But, yeah, me and Mike, you probably should have gotten them because me and Mike, we've, uh, we're still working out the kinks a little bit. <laughs> hey, I think that's what makes it more fun. You know what I mean? I feel like... Yeah talking to people that have executed it and understand it there are there are lumps and bumps i mean i, I feel like you most people aren't going to admit that but i mean there are some things that it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows when you're co-gm in a team you know you split the cost but you also split some of the headache too true but true. try it you know i mean i feel like a lot of people i talk to they absolutely love it other people you know you're like ah eh, everyone loves the draft so at least get that part in and have some fun all right before we get into the closing can I ask some questions? Yeah, go ahead. We got a little time. Uh, Scott Fishbowl League. Um, shout out to y'all episode. You know, I'll check it out. That's tight. I just want to ask y'all personally. Y'all like the way y'all team came out? Are you guys co-GMing that team or you guys got your own? No, we each have our own. Okay. Yeah. So. Yes, we, guys if we co-GM'd it, it would have been all kinds of. <laughs> okay. Ooh. What, Scott Fishbowl? Yeah. Tell me about your teams, man. Are you excited about them? I'm pulling it up. I love my team. I mean, I I went from the five spot. What I really liked, and thank you for listening to that episode. It was, it was awesome having Ryan McDowell on. I mean, he's a true professional and pretty much, you know, the godfather of Dynasty. He's the guy. Um, true, true. You know, and I went I went heavy running back. You know, I started out with Zeke, and then I took Eckler, and then uh, Godwin in the third, and, and then I brought Jonathan Taylor in, in the fourth round. So I went heavy running back, knowing that I could get my wide receivers late, and I got. You know, I got uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, Hollywood Brown, a bunch of like, high upside guys. Because last year, you know, I had I drafted really safe, and I ended up finishing in the top 24. But I lost as soon as we got to that level of the playoffs because you got to have those big time upside guys. And for yeah. me, you know, I, I was swinging for home runs after I got those running backs. So Cam Newton, I took Daniel Jones, some guys that I feel like I have to swing for. It's 12, 
1,440 teams now, so you really got to yeah. go for it. Oh, yeah. Now that the draft is completely over, I, I feel like I can just talk about this, and it's nice because there was a few players that I was specifically targeting on my team, like, you know, Drew Locke, uh, Matt Ryan. Those are guys that we talked about on the show before that Matt Ryan has this every other year thing. If it's an even year, Matt Ryan is going to light it up and be an MVP. It's and it's this like is that. supposed to be that year. Yes, and this is going to be that year. So, I mean, of course, Matt Ryan's going to be an MVP. I don't even have to question that. Drew Locke is my favorite breakout candidate. I know that, you know, he's hot right now. And, you know, a lot of people want to disbelieve because they're like, hey, I get it. He got the toys, but that doesn't mean he's going to be better. Well, you know, he also got the offensive coordinator that I think is going to make him better. And as Mike knows, uh, the first podcast that we ever did, uh, the first guy I ever hyped on it was Drew Locke. And I compared him to Tom Brady. I was, you know, you know, you're a little bit nervous and I'm just like, I didn't know how to go about it. And it just popped out of my mouth. I was like, he, he was like, what do you think a comp is for that? And I'm like, you know, he kind of reminds me of uh, the goat. <laughs> he just he never lets oh. me live it down he's like oh yeah drew Locke's gonna be tom brady but i think everything's finally coming together for him and um he got he got his wide receivers and i think he can be good because he loves he's a gunslinger man he might have a few interceptions but i think he's gonna put up some yardage i like him uh alexander madison is another like must grab for me you know i got him around i don't know i want to say like the eighth ninth round yeah. And, and we both got him in the night, which was yeah, good. he's like a must have. Um, I got your boy Jonathan Taylor, took him at uh 312, which I really like, dude. That line, right? Dude, that yeah. offensive line, dude. Forget about Mac, Crazy. man. Jonathan Taylor all day. So, Mike hates that I took uh, and I hate it too now, but I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire at uh 201. But other than that, I liked wow. all my other picks. I know I was the earliest of all the Scott Fishbowl drafters well, to I, take him of, get your we guy got him too so, speaking of co-managing in the fourth round right yeah you guys <laughs> yeah. you guys when you came on our podcast you guys had to choose between joe Mixon and clyde edwards hilaire and that was the one that, that broke your back and i yeah. feel like one of you was like let's take Mixon," and then you changed it there and that brought on the ghost pepper challenge I don't, you guys remember that hey yeah. that was my two picks three uh 112 and 201 i took joe Mixon and clyde so I was thinking about you, guys, you boys. What do you guys think about your roster? I mean, I feel like aside from Stompy, we all like he already thinks he won the whole thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. but the rest of us, you know, where are we at here? How's your how's your roster looking? Yeah. Uh I really enjoy our roster. Um, we kind of went into it with just just being open. We didn't want to try to like lock in anything specific with strategy because we also wanted to make sure we we don't be we don't close our eyes to just taking the most talented guys so um Dak ended up falling to us man and I we did agree that man if one of our favorite quarterbacks end up falling to us we'll take him and then if not we'll try to just get some on the back end so mm. we did get Dak and I love Dak this year like I wasn't worried about the contract thing I knew he was gonna play this year at least so I love what they did I love what they added I think Blake Jarwin's a better tight end than uh Witten and so I just think that just all the pieces for Dak, man. I love Dak. And we love Kenyon Drake, man. We got to the point where it was like you had our choice of backs that we enjoy, but it's like, let's go who who has the most high PPR upside, too, in offense we want to get in. So 
We got Kenyon Drake with the 201. And we got Chris Godwin with the 312. We got the Godwin and CEH turn at 312 and 401. And we were shocked Godwin. We were shocked Godwin was there that late. Because we were kind of going to stack three running backs. But we couldn't pass up on Godwin. And then, uh, I don't know, man. Our first six picks, man, we were just, like, so excited about. Because we ended up getting the A.J. Brown, Robert Wood stack. And I don't know, man. We... <laughs> When you start getting your guys, you start getting overly hyped. But we love everything we did, man. We did a run on tight ends as it got later, and then a run on running backs that have upside, like the Raquel Ormsteads, the Benny Snails, the Duke Johnsons, the Rojos, just on the back end, taking those guys that could, you know, if anything happens to the guy ahead of them, it's probably their backfield. So I don't know, man. Mm, I love that Jack Doyle pick, man. Jack Doyle is a guy that I took on my team that I think is going to have an absolutely monstrous year, and it's just being overlooked. And I know Mike thinks that, too. I love that in the 12th round. You guys actually got quite a few guys. I did Clyde, A.J. Brown, Jack Doyle. Yeah. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Heck, yeah. Yeah. I like man. it. I like that Caden, uh, Caden Smith yes. play. Hopefully uh, Ingram stays on the field, but if not, man, here we go. Plug and play. Uh, I got him hey, in the last round, and he's question. like, if you're going to have a handcuff, that's the guy. Yeah, question. If Evan Ingram is healthy the full season, Caden Smith doesn't play right. There's no way he plays no. over Evan Ingram if he's healthy. No. He's not startable now. I think he's shown enough, though, to get some involvement, kind of like the Dan Wilder, Foster Moreau type yeah. deal. I mean, I feel like he, you know, personally, Ingram went down last year. Caden stepped in um, from, like, week nine. Um, so, yeah, I think he's shown enough to where he deserves some playing time. So. Do you think they're like moving to a two tight end set? And... Nah, they have he, too, he many that question. too many wide receivers. <laughs> they have too many receivers. That. And Evan Ingram is an athletic beast. I just if he if he ends up having his healthy season, Caden Smith won't see the field enough to be relevant at all. Yeah. At all. No, but he he never stays healthy. Also, <laughs> so you know, no, I, he's, I he's not a bad. We flyer. did that on our hot take show. I said if Evan Ingram is going to stay healthy this year and be the tight end one overall, and Jared's it's like, possible. which is more of a hot take that he stays healthier, he's the tight end one, and I'm like, he plays 16 games, it's in the realm of possibilities. For sure. I agree. I agree, dog. He's a monster, man. Like, hey, it's still young. I mean, hey, yeah, you're only injury prone, so you're not. It's crazy what he did his rookie year, though. Looking back, you know what I mean. No, like no rookie, rookie tight end, never man. Yeah, no, no. thing. Man, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for Evan Ingram. We uh, so screw it. I like him. two things. You I got uh, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say you got Mike's boy too, Robert Woods. He is Robert Woods is a league winner for him, man. He he will I love that pick that all day. Sir That's Robert thing. Forrest, Bob Bob Trees, you know, <laughs> Sir Robert Forrest. Man, I love that rugs pick. Shit. Yeah. He's got a good team, upside, man. For the upside, I, I enjoy the upside of rugs. And that Marvin Jones, man, don't sleep on that. Hopefully, you can stay yeah. healthy too. Um, but I did want to call out me and Dot. We didn't clash until pick seventeen, so our co GM in relationship is like maturing. We still got John Ross. <laughs> You know, clash until here. And then also notice we got the 112 pick. I mean, that's what we requested because I get a pick, you get a pick. So take some of the pressure off. Man, that's do you guys idea. want me to tell you the That's what I did too. Yeah. Hey, get rid of the screen share so I can see them. <laughs> I want to tell y'all the clash moment if you don't mind. It won't take long. Okay. We got around the point where I'm like, all right, bro, we're going for upside all the way. 
I just I pitched the name in the midst of everything going on, so I get it. I said, hey, Deshaun Jackson's right here. <laughs> Do you want to take Deshaun or John Ross? And, you know, I don't think Vic felt comfortable taking Deshaun with everything going on and the possibility of him still getting cut. Because in that moment, he was still he's still on the team, and we don't really know what it is. I just threw out, you know, went. In, in my eyes, I went down the list, and I just had a true moment with myself. Who has the most upside if they were to play full season? So I just threw out a name. And you know he's not on our team. You didn't see his name, but... That's what? why we clashed. Yeah, where did you see <laughs> where did you see Deshaun Jackson go in your leagues? Because I know he got taken in leagues. Yeah. And did you find yourself at any point with everything going on saying, with all this backup shit I'm taking, maybe I should look at Deshaun? Did either of you have to make that decision? I think he went 17th in ours too, and I actually did debate it a little bit. You know, I was trying to figure out. We're both Eagles fans, so for us, you know, I mean, the upside's there. Clearly, and I think that was before, like the real, you know, obviously controversy has happened lately. But I considered it. I don't remember who exactly I took in the 17th. But Deshaun Jackson has the upside, you know, same as John Ross. One of those guys could have some flashy weeks there. But ultimately, I think they're guys that, you know, when when a quarterback goes down or a running back goes down, we're gonna be jumping to the waiver wire and booting one of those kind of guys. True that. True that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough with Deshaun Jackson. I mean, the dude's crazy, and he runs his mouth all the time. I'm trying to look. Here he went. He went in the 14th round, 14.04 in mine, and then John Ross went in the 18th round. So, but I debated with, in the 16th round between him and Robbie Anderson, and I just thought... He was on my mind, too, as well. I agree. Like, he's one of those guys. I mean, what, it was the Redskins that he just completely destroyed last year before he got hurt. And yeah. you're just like, damn, dude, look at this guy. Like, he's still doing it. Yeah. Monster. So, whew. But that's that's just that. Just wanted to throw that in. All right. So, look, we will go into closing. At the end of all of our episodes, we like to go round table and just – Say something good to the people, um, a positive word, something good that you have going on with yourself, family, community, anything. You want to show love to somebody. Just go around and make sure that we're spreading good energy before we leave. Make sure, you know, life's too short and never know what the next day is going to bring. So um, I would like to do that with everybody. And um, I'll start so then you guys can get some energy and we can keep going. So, um I just want to say thank you to everybody who shows love in the fantasy community, man, on Twitter. I know we're trying to build a community on Instagram, just everywhere. Everybody on social media that reaches out to me that doesn't have to, that follow me, that tag me to things, and just engage with me in conversation. Thank you to you. I appreciate you guys. I hope you appreciate the podcast, podcast in our minds, and just... Hopefully we can keep growing and keep building with everybody, man, because the fantasy community is is like no other, man. It's it's so welcoming, man, and, and everybody is just excited to be doing one thing. And I, I love being a part of it, man, being how I used to do music, and it's completely different doing music because a lot of people are, you know, selfish and, and, for, and want to see their rise on their own, and it's completely different than the fantasy community as we've been getting more and more in into it so yeah i just want to say that man um yeah that's that's my say something good to the people for today so we'll start right here 
hey, I'm going to go with the guy that still has the bomb-ass lighting on his face. It's clearly, hey, we're ready. right here, Jared. Jared we're Yo, right you see here. it in the background? I know. There's a guy no. like a... Yeah, I do see the ring. <laughs> Dude. It now it does That's like that movie, like man. scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> you have seven I was days. Coming. Yeah, you got seven days, boy. <laughs> no, dude. No, uh, Dot, we are pretty much the same person. You're like, I, I, I did the music thing, the music scene. Dude, that was me, man. I did the music scene too. I, I've been That's playing tight. in bands since I was like 15 years old, man. We are the same person. It's crazy. But, you know, I want to give my shout out, my good vibes to everybody in this room, you know, my co host and you guys for having us on. Because last time we had you guys on, I was like, man, I loved having these guys. Me and Mike seriously talked about how much we loved having you guys on. And like, we we're like, dude, we got to go to Indianapolis and hang out with these guys because we would have yeah. a fun ass night, man. And, yeah, you know, Mike is always grinding on Twitter because I can't keep up. And I mean, I, I don't know, man, I would like to put all my love out to the guys in this in this chat room right now. You're you're all great. And I've had a, a great Appreciate time you. here in the last hour and a half. Thank you. Thank you. All right, yeah, it's been Mike. a blast. Yeah, thank you for having us on. You know, I want to talk to, you know, obviously our, our listeners and, and Twitter. I mean, it is the most positive community as far as I engage with hundreds of people every week. And just the level of positivity, the level of like everybody wants to build each other up, you know, and I, I love that kind of mentality. Um, definitely respect, uh, you know, all the spouses and girlfriends that let us do these kind of things. I'm not saying True that because girlfriend's sitting right next to me waiting for me, <laughs> you know, but honestly, Wink. I mean, yeah, exactly. She's giving me the wink. I looked over a couple of times, but yeah, we, we, Jared and I love engaging with our listeners. We love engaging with Twitter and just this fantasy football community has been so inviting to everybody. You know, you ask any, you, you go on and you message another podcaster about what's going on. And, you know, I mean, we have Dynasty Rich from Dynasty Nerds coming on tomorrow and I know you're writing for them. It's just, you ask these guys and it's like, yeah, sure. Love to spend the yeah. time there, you know, and it's just it's so much fun and we've had a blast being on here and you know it's it's in a community that we love being a part of and hopefully for years to come nice so yeah before i do mine uh mike tell everyone where they can follow you at and then jared uh, we'll let you do the same as well yeah on twitter at dynasty underscore dad ff okay. yeah and i'm at dynasty refinery all right, and I'm just going to piggyback um, off you guys. Um, I want to shout out all of my league mates um, and, of course, the fantasy community. Um, this is, you know, an, an avenue and vehicle that allows me to meet people who I probably wouldn't even get a chance to talk to or hang out with, you know, from a, you know, really any day, just given we all come from different walks of life. So I appreciate fantasy football from that standpoint, just putting me in front of people who you know, I can make friends with. So um, we come from different backgrounds. So I think that's pretty cool. Um before we do get out of here, there was a trade that went down. We're not going to dive deep into it, but I just want you guys to pick a side. So I want to shout out to T-Man and Sriracha Boys. Uh, they're in a league I'm in. CEH and Damian Williams or Chubb, pick a side. Two for one. Mm, Clyde. Clyde for me yeah, as I'm, well. I'm, I'm going to agree there because it's not really like two for one. It's more like, you know, you get the handcuff in there. But I'm taking CEH is going above Chubb right now. I love Nick Chubb, but... You get Edwards Hilaire, it, and then you get the you get the insulated wrist there by having yeah. It's like, I mean, do you want a hundred percent of the Chiefs Chiefs backfield, a hundred percent of the Chiefs backfield, or seventy five percent of the Browns backfield? Yeah, you know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. What, who you got, Doc? Oh man, you know I'm taking the rookie, man. Just you probably sky's the honestly, limit, man. It's going to be yeah, exciting. 
you probably could have just said CEH by itself. Yeah. Without the, insu- the, the insulation. I actually would have did that. I would have done yeah, it straight up. Man. Yeah. Dude, he's gonna be like a top ten receiver at some point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's he's gonna have some PPR points. It's, jeez. I actually got one done. If we want to do one more here, it's actually a league, and Jared and I are both in. It's a twelve team super flex, and Jared and I are probably the top two contenders here. And uh, I got Matthew Stafford and Tyreek Hill for DeAndre Hopkins, Gardner Minshew, Preston Williams, and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I saw that. Say all that again. Say all that again. I got Tyreek Hill. Okay. And Matthew Stafford. Those were like like the final two pieces to my puzzle. I gave up Minshew, Preston Williams, Hunter Renfro, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I like your side. And I love yeah. Matthew Stafford, man. Ooh, yeah, Matthew Stafford. I love guy. Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, Stafford's him. a good ad for a contender. I'm taking Jared's the pieces. Not gonna like that. Unfortunately, You're taking the pieces. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm a Gardner guy. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I the just, way I was looking ooh. at, it, I got Minshew for a 22 second, yeah. and I have Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and Baker Mayfield. So I was like, yeah. I want somebody who's going to be able to play right off the bat, and I trust Stafford a little bit more than Minshew. Yeah, but. man, this is what sucks. I look. He's he convinced me to like Gardner, right? So I actually love him, and I was excited. I love the way he dressed. I love his swag. Fine, cool. That mustache. Yes. I just had this real moment with uh, Dynasty Bro Vic the other day. I said, dude, their team sucks. There's no way they don't take one of those quarterbacks because their overall is going to be so bad. I don't care how well Minshew plays. If they end up with the number one pick, they are taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a lot of slop time. I mean, one guy I engage with a lot. I love DJ Chark this year, but there's going to be a lot of slop time. I mean, I yeah. I see that as a lot of Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson kind of moves. You know what I mean? Where they're getting yeah. killed and just having even James. James yeah. played in a you know negative script. They're always playing from behind, so he has to throw. So he got Chark. So that's a nice piece to play from behind. Absolutely. All right, yeah. I definitely want to thank you guys for coming on. Oh. What's that? Okay, uh, our DJ here, and he said he wants to play something good for the people, so he gave me a clip, and I'm going to play it. Hold on, guys. I don't know what's happening right now. Okay. That's Avo's positive word. Does, it's does positive. he play that like in and look in the it's mirror inspiring, and try to like man. motivates him a little bit? They want to know if you look in the mirror and play that. I would. I would. It's a motivational <laughs> speech from a young lady. I don't think none of us know. All right, it's just motivational piece. Yeah. Oh man, you're not even gonna give a shout out. I was more motivated to the ring in the background. <laughs> yeah. I'm still a little scared. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but we do want to thank you guys days, for coming on. Seven days, bitch. <laughs> That ring shit is, is, is the fuck out of my head. I feel like I haven't seen it. All <laughs> so, and now she's, she's gonna come out through the screen and start like whipping her head around. Yeah, it's no good. Oh, man. oh my fiance kind of looks like the ring girl. Allison, get over here. Oh, <laughs> We're gonna, gonna put on shit. I'm off for no in trouble. See, yeah, he's he's about to get himself in trouble. <laughs> I am. I am in trouble. Can't give a man that much light for that too long, man. You start to, <laughs> you start, you start to get. It gets to your head, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. yeah. Hey, we appreciate you guys again, Mike, Jared, Dynasty Refinery Podcast. Check them out, man. I listen on Stitcher. That's my thing. 
Um, but check these guys out, man. They're awesome. And I know I, I used, we start following each other on Instagram. So yeah, that's just, that's the thing too. Ooh. So man, just follow these guys. They're great. They're doing big things for the community. So appreciate you guys, man. Thank you guys for coming on and helping us out. And I hope we gave some good tips and tricks on co-GM etiquette. And um, yeah, we're going to walk it out. Appreciate the listeners. Love you guys. And we'll be back. Peace.